1: Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, this is, you guys know, this is my favorite conversation to have with other PR professionals. But Zach Cutler from Propel is more than that. He is also now in the tech business. This is what I would say 80, 90% of us talk about, you know, what could be done better, why we have a better, you know, mousetrap, but he's actually put his money where his mouth is and we're gonna get the game from him. Zach, welcome to the show, how are you doing?
0: Thanks, Callan, great to be here, I'm doing well.
1: Well, I, I just need you to just tell people why Propel, because we're so used to Vision, Meltwater, Muckrack, um, and the list can go on, and now Propel is saying that the database is, I believe um, you have a, a deeper database, but I want it to come straight from your mouth, so they can hear the elevator pitch fresh and then we'll go into all things, you know, PR.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was working in PR, started my own agency in 2009 and we used all those different software tools. I mean, you name it. Um, And what me and my team found was that some of them gave us good, you know, journalist contacts, Some of them gave us good monitoring, but none of the tools gave us a CRM where we could actually understand how our campaigns were performing, how our different teams were performing, how each account was performing one against the other, and to allow us to improve our workflow, make our entire A to Z workflow more efficient, uh, trackable, transparent, Um, and give us the data so that we could understand what's really working, what's not. Um, And also at the journalist relationship level, none of the tools gave us that to understand who previously pitched this journalist, um, you know, was there engagement, was there not engagement, who on the team has the best relationship with this contact, and none of these things existed. Uh, And so I decided, you know, to try to, do some manual processes to make my own agency more data driven. And then I got started getting really excited about it and said, you know, to do this, right. You you know, I've got to build a SaaS platform. And uh, so I sold my agency uh, about three and a half years ago, went full-time into Propel. Um, We launched our product about two years ago out of beta um, and uh, giving you some Breaking news here, we just reached 100 customers. Um, yeah, thanks. And so, we're, we're really excited about shaking things up in the PR industry, um, with our software.
1: Okay, and you know, I, I don't know if you studied uh PR communications in, in school, but I will say, I, I my master's is in it and I've, I've taught it. Um, Uh, fission and meltwater and muck rack and propel very few you know professors I don't care where you went are actually practicing or at least you know 10 15 years ago when I was in school it's all they're teaching from the book so when someone comes out of college and they say wait fission and that it's so costly it doesn't even allow them in the door and even some might say, you know, meltwater and, and muckrack is is a little more um, affordable. But where is Propel as far compared to you know Scission that can cost you eighteen thousand dollars for the year if you get it for a deal um, from one of their people?
0: Yeah, it's a great question, and you know that was one of the driving like uh, factors for why I was so passionate about it because. Me, all my employees, and pretty much everyone I had talked to in the industry felt like, um okay, so p r software is mediocre and it's extremely expensive um why is that? Why can it not be amazing and fair and a fair price so um and it's because there's like just not a lot of different tools that can kind of drive more competition, bring down the pricing, et cetera. So um, we're doing that. We, uh, we launched um, transparent SaaS pricing, freemium. So all our pricing is open. It's on our site. You can see it. Um, we have uh, annual or monthly plans, which is the first company in the industry to do that. Um, because we believe that, you know, rather than locking people in, for a year, like we're confident in our product that they'll like it and they'll continue to use it. So we offer them uh, the ability to just go month by month. And I'll tell you that we have extremely high retention. So um, I think our customers, uh, you know, find it as like a a breath of fresh air that the pricing is, you know, transparent. It's not locking you in to long-term fixed contracts unless you want that. And it's uh, lower than than the competition.
1: Now, being that, you know, you're providing more data and, you know, there are some groups of professionals out there, and and I won't won't lie, I've been part of them um, that share accounts. And so they're like, well, we don't want people to know who's sending what, right? But the fact that you're lowering the price so people can have their own, And you're offering, would you say that you're offering everything that your competition has, um, but just better data? Are there some things that you have found that your clientele won't necessarily need, maybe like international tracking?
0: Yeah, so we, yeah, typically we have everything that a competitor has, but we also have the PRM, as we call it. Um, so we're the original creator of PRM, which is public relations management, and uh, one or two of the other companies in the space have since launched a PRM, which, which is great because a PRM is basically like, you could think of it as a CRM for PR. It's the part of the software where you're tracking journalists' relationships, you're tracking your pitches, who opened a pitch, how many times, who responded to a pitch. Um, how we're our uh you know performance on a campaign on an account, a team member, um it's kind of like the money ball of PR, which is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. um and we've kind of uh you know created that um data center within Propel. so all of that is called the PRM, and really none of our competitors have a PRM that's anything like Propel, so, Um, You get the database, you get the monitoring, but then you get the PRM. And, you know, one of the favorites uh, is our Gmail and our Outlook integrations. So instead of bringing the PR person into our tool all the time, we said, well, PR people really like to be working in their own email. So why don't we bring our tool into their email so that they can work where they want? And we just bring the functionality of Propel into Gmail and into outlook with full plugins and we're the only pr software that has that
1: okay and so this is going to be far left question does jonah hill play you in the movie or do you want someone else to
0: play <laughs> you? i think uh brad pitt plays me if i'm not mistaken
1: <laughs> so, but jonah hill is the brains behind that movie yes. he's the brains behind that and you know of course it's brad pitt right <laughs> But I always tell people, um, ugly guys run the world. So I'd rather run the (laughs) world than be, you know, Brad Pitt. Um, But, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Now, PR, it's all about your connection, and more and more it's becoming tech and AI. And you're a connected guy. I mean, you were a White House intern. Um, You've had some fancy titles, whatnot. I've interned on the Hill. I couldn't get close enough to the White House, you know, to, to intern. That, that's, a, that's a different level. Um, your badge got you through some doors that they would stop us and say, no, no, let me, you know, have your Congress member with you. Um, where do you see PR going? Is it going to be less who you know and more who you can, you know, e- easily email and contact and LinkedIn in that face-to-face, especially in times like this?
0: So, you know, I think that the way that um, PR people pitch is changing every year. Like it's becoming, you know, 20 years ago, it was so formal. Like every pitch probably had a press release and it was all like formally written up uh, and sent out. And, you know, initially 30 years ago, I guess they were faxed. 20 years ago, they were emailed, but like really formal. 10 years ago, I think you started to see pitches becoming a lot less formal. Not every pitch had a press release. Now it's totally different where, you know, you can pitch some stories, you you know, you pitch a contact on LinkedIn, some on Twitter, some on email. We still find most pitches are sent via email, but it's always changing. Um, And, you know, there's always new platforms. Um, I would say that the heavy media relations firms, like, yeah, you know, mo- most of the pitching is done via email. And even the more like digital firms, um, the the actual pitches to journalists are typically done on email. Pitches to influencers, of course, are, are done more on social. Okay. And, and with automation,
1: you know, I, I love the book, uh, The Future is Faster Than You Think. I, I tell everybody I can about it and we know automation is here and it's just going to, you know, spread. I've gone into departments and in tech companies and said, I could replace everybody here with, you know, some software and maybe two people, maybe one, right? Is propel going to be where it's a fully automated pitch where maybe you even I have some software that even writes for you. You know, you give it a paragraph it writes, you know, five pages uh, do you see Propel going that way and just taking out the uh, guesswork? Because the computer kind of knows what the other journalists, our computer is looking for, especially when you talk about filters and all that other stuff. So where do you see what automation and, and that playing a part in Propel?
0: Definitely. Yeah. So like we are working on that day and night and we already launched an amazing feature called Pitching preferences where for every journalist, you can see not only what day of the week is best to pitch them, what hour of the day, but also the topics most likely to get a response. And this is, and you can also see their global open rate, their global response rate. And this is aggregated, anonymized data across all Propel users so that you can actually understand the behavior of a journalist and their preferences. Um, And this is an amazing feature that some of our customers just can't stop raving to us about. And essentially what we're doing is we're continuing to build on that. So um, we're working on a lot of stuff that will help you to identify the right journalists to pitch for a certain topic, for a certain pitch. Um, without you having to do all this legwork of building a list uh, yourself.
1: Now, do you have a video on your YouTube, people you can look up, Propel General, um, that shows how that works? Because what you're talking about, like Instagram and Facebook and, you know, TubeBuddy and IQ, they can tell you those things for social media. And I want to know, you know, how social media engages with Propel. But I want to know, like, is there a video... That shows that this is what we did. We did this is our you know, case study, if you would, but our example to show you that we pitched it at this time, cause the, the computer said so, and then they opened it and we actually got a placement. And maybe not just Propel doing it, but other PR professionals proving that this isn't just something that, you know, we dreamed of out of the twilight zone. But yeah, I just want to know, is there a video out there?
0: So yeah, we have a bunch of videos on our YouTube page um, that show the different parts of the system. And one of them shows the pitching preferences.
1: Okay. So you guys make sure you you check that out. And if you want to see more, because you really have a full channel, if you, you know, find that team member who just does YouTube to show how this, this helps. How do you... How do you measure that? Because, you know, journalists are, is it the journalist coming back to you or is it the PR professional saying, um, I did this and it worked like that part alone is, you know, uh, a, a short film.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the way it works is since we built the Gmail and the Outlook plugins, um, we've been able to have over a million, uh, Pitches that we've been able to analyze in an anonymized, aggregated way, um, and it's just like a treasure trove of of Propel data where we can go in and we can say, you know, John Smith from Forbes, you know, he has a thirty eight percent open rate, a twenty one percent response rate. He responds a lot to pitches about cars, and he responds very little to pitches about Bitcoin. And we can put all these insights together because we have that volume of pitches that we can analyze. And it's really cool because this is not like public data where any anyone can go and look up, you know, John's articles and understand, well, from his articles, I see that he writes about XYZ. No, we're taking it a step further and saying, well, how did he actually engage in real life with you know dozens or hundreds of pitches in the past? And what trends can we learn from that? I love
1: that. I know that scares some people to say, I don't want you to know that that about me, but I love that part of it. And then with social media, you know, many um, folks who are independent, freelance, whatever you wanna call it, they have clients that they want them to do it all. So um, is there gonna be a social media arm that pretty much does the same thing saying, you know, post now, and also maybe you at the journalists you wanna pitch to, or you want them to know about this story, let, let us know.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have all kinds of goodies coming up on the roadmap. Um, so a lot of social stuff is in there. Um, and actually one of the cool things that we're doing uh, is adding additional influencers. So uh, Instagram, um, probably also tiktok as well. Okay, so then
1: if you're adding the influencers, you're com- you're going to then be I don't want to say competing, but you're going to be an alternative to um if you've heard of um what is it? It's intelligent something in the UK. And their their system is like $18,000 a year as well, but they tell you what are the best influencers and what their prices are, and to my knowledge, they have, you know, the biggest data for that. Um, when will that be out? Because not everybody can afford 18000 for, you know, a decision, $18,000 for intelligent, uh, I, I think it's intelligent IQ, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, please let us know.
0: Yeah, well, I'll definitely follow up. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but it'll be coming out this year.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, I got to be on that that mailing list cuz when we get out of this next contract, I'm going to say now, we we got to do something new cuz we will at least have to try. And um, you know, it, when trying, you know, I'm I'm doing some of the pricing in my my head, you know, it's $2300 for the year, which if people break that down, buy it as much as you need it. That's you know, when you have a client, even if you're uh freelancer or a new PR professional when you created this did you have to know the tech yourself or did you go hire experts to you know pull you up to speed and put it together
0: so I'm not an engineer um and I definitely had to bring on you know engineering talent um for sure um from a product perspective I've always been uh, like a, a math guy I love math uh, like as a hobby I do math in my head um, <laughs> I'm, yeah pretty nerdy um, and the so from like a logic and sort of problem solving product perspective um, yeah I mean I've really loved playing that role for Propel and kind of painting the vision of the product. Um, and then working with my team to execute just, you know, a really like different product than any of the competitors have. Um, in terms of engineering, uh, you know, I brought on uh, my co-founder David, who is our CTO and he's an a amazing engineer. And then we also have other engineers and uh, other R&D people on our team as well. okay. And when you started, did you initially go after
1: um, vulture? I mean, venture capital or angels, or did you just bootstrap it?
0: Yeah, so I did. I did go after capital, and uh, we've raised a million and a half dollars. We have a few investors. We have uh, several angels, and then we also have a uh, accelerator uh, in California as an investor.
1: Okay, are you guys going for any more rounds? And for those qualified investors listening, um, if they say, wow, this sounds like, you know, this is, can, can I buy this with my Bitcoin? Because um, I have too much. <laughs> like, what, what, um, is there going to be another round or where can people find more insight about that?
0: Yeah, so uh, we are raising an, a series A round and uh, any investors are more than welcome to reach out. Okay. Exactly.
1: Zach- before they reach out, please let them know, if you can, minimums, if you know that already. Because I'm part of a venture fund here in Florida. And, you know, sometimes you can get in for 5000 but sometimes you need 50000 or 500000 So before they start bothering you with emails, I want to <laughs> set the, the bar and say, this is where you'll need to be.
0: So, I mean, we're raising a... Multi-million dollar round, so anyone who's, you know, above, um, you know, a quarter of a million or half a million, you know, would probably be uh, relevant. Below that might be a a bit more difficult. Okay,
1: I I just want to make it clear, because, you know, you'll sit at the the, the events and you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, I invested in Uber before it was Uber, and it's like you gave the guy 5,000 relax relax (laughs) you know he 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 needed a lot more you might have had it but you know to each his own with with the success that you're having and that you're gonna have because the best is yet to come what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future
0: it's a great question so one of the things that we um started doing, it's an initiative called Propel 100, um, where we identify the 100 um, top agency professionals. Now we're working on the 100 top in-house PR professionals around the world. And we have a very strong focus on diversity um, for those lists. Um, And that's something that's important. I mean, I have a physical disability, so For me, diversity, you know, is close to home because, you know, I've lived through, you know, having a a diverse background. Um, And so that's something that we're doing. And as we grow and have more resources, um, I'm certainly interested to, you know, do more campaigns to give back and, you know, kind of contribute to the community and, and, you know, do more and more.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. And let me correct myself. I had, you know, talking about um, the influencers, the people that I know, it's influencer intelligence. So I can't wait to hear, you know, what what you have. Um, and, and just, you know, for me, I, I teach this stuff. like I, I almost teach it for free. I hate to say that sometimes, but I've gone to, you know, colleges, even during this pandemic via Zoom. And trying to give the next generation, because I I find PR to be um, something where you're going to need to know a lot about, you know, you can't be an end user at the end of the day. You're going to have to know about this tech. You know, you're going to have to be tech savvy at, um, at, at least. With you now going from California to Israel, which is like the home of, of VC and you know, angel money. I've interviewed um, someone who had a firm out there and like you guys have the the most money and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, But there, you know, it seems to be like a small circle. Was that the reason for going to Israel to like tap into some of the, you know, the best uh, folks with the most money um, who aren't scared to share that money? And and, and I want to say something. I can't say it because you're in Israel but I'm going to say it. You're not saying it. There are certain places like in the Middle East and Africa, they have tons of money too, people, but they're scared to share it with the youth. And Israel is giving it and saying, hey, young people, we believe you, you're in the future. I said that, Zach didn't. So, you know, don't don't cancel him. You can cancel me all day if I'm that important. But, like, Tell me, like, what was your reasoning? I say all that to say, what was your reasoning to go to Israel?
0: So my reasoning is uh, I'm more on the personal side. Uh, I've always uh, really had a strong connection to Israel. I have uh, a lot of relatives there. Um, My grandparents uh, were Holocaust survivors. And from a young age, when I first visited Israel and uh, saw this miracle of uh, like a Jewish country, only, you know, at that time, it was only about 50 years after you know, my grandparents were in concentration camps. Um, I just fell in love with Israel. And I knew that I wanted to live there. And um, once I finished university, uh, then I started my first business really quickly after that in the US. And um, I got a bit tied down with that business. And so once I realized, you know. I have to follow my dreams and you know move to Israel before I get you know to be an old man. So even though I had a company that was headquartered in New York, and and this was before Propel, this was my PR agency. um, I decided to move to Israel. Um, We had a lot of Israeli clients at my PR firm, and we also had a small office in Tel Aviv. So we had a presence there. But a lot of people told me, "You're nuts," you know, "You're." how can you leave your, you know, your main office and all your employees in New York and move to Israel? But uh, it was worth it to me. And, you know, I, I commuted back every two, three months um, and then I sold my agency. And, and, you know, the ecosystem in Israel is really, like you were touching on, amazing. I mean, I have so many people that are just willing to give me advice or willing to make a connection to an investor, to another uh, entrepreneur, another advisor, a customer, without asking for something in return because there's sort of this um, understanding that like the previous generation helped them to become an entrepreneur and to, to give them connections and help. And now they're paying it forward um, to the next generation. So it's an amazing ecosystem. Um, I don't think it has the most money, but it, uh, it is growing fast though. And um, in fact, it's funny you said that because a lot of people in Israel tell me, you know, for your Series A, you should go to the go to the U.S., go to New York, San Francisco, try to, you know, raise your Series A there because um, there's much more money there. But there is significant money in Israel and um, it's growing and it's yeah, it's been a great uh, experience to build a startup that's uh, based in Israel.
1: I love that. We need a book because we need a book because, you know, geo arbitrage and just when you leave the US for everything that's great about the country, there are certain things when you leave this country, I mean, you'll be more freer in Iceland, you know, And, and I've been and it's just like, I invest a lot in Africa. Um, And I am, you know, very comfortable in every African country I've been to, even if there's a conflict slash almost war going on. And it's just something that I don't have to. One, you're not worried about, you know, what the next person has, because you probably have more with your U.S. dollars. So get the competition out. But please, uh, let me let's challenge Zach. When can we get a book on why I left California? You know, the golden state to go to, in New York, to go to Israel. Um, any plans <laughs> to write a book or documentary?
0: Gosh, I love that idea. And uh, now you've got my head, uh, you, you've got the wheels turning. I'll, I'll let you know if I end up doing that, but no plans as of now, although okay. it's a great idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's needed because there's so many people here that are depressed or they're suffering from, you know, something, health. The food when you leave here is so much fresher. I didn't know what a pineapple tasted like until I got to Cameroon. And I'm like, (laughs) it's sweeter than the candy. I wouldn't even have cavities in my mouth if this was my (laughs) option. But when I go to, I don't care, go to Whole Foods, go, you know, whatever market, you're not getting the same type of of food. So I I just love that you did that, um, you know, and love to at least see a YouTube to say this is why I went here. I don't know if you're single, but even dealing with I'm I'm old and married, dealing with women overseas, it's not like trying to deal here with the Kardashians. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot different. So I mean, you, you can chime in or just let me be you know go on my crazy rant. But if yeah. I'm wrong, tell
0: me. Well, one no, it's funny because you know Israeli culture is very very different from American culture, although there, uh, one thing about America in Israel is that, um, like every Israeli loves America and there's a lot of cultural influence, but like on a day-to-day cultural level, it's, it's very different. And, um, in dating, you, you were just mentioning dating. There's like no games. It's just very direct, you know? So, uh, that's, that's a nice thing in Israel. Also, The food in Israel is literally the best in the world. Completely, objectively speaking, (laughs) it's if you ever thought you ate hummus in the U.S., it's not. It's like a um, it's it's really not the real deal. You got to come to Israel to try it.
1: Can, Can you even describe the difference in the taste to somebody who's never left? You know the state.
0: Let's think, yeah, let's compare it to, like, um, a delicious, fresh um, piece of fruit to, like, an old, frozen, um, tasteless piece of fruit that's, you know, been stuck in the freezer for a year.
1: Gosh, you you guys are (laughs) are, are, are missing out. And then someone's going to say, well, if I go to Israel... You know I, I I can't stay for long, but it's not about Israel. it's about getting out and seeing something different because travel it will be your best teacher and, and 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 that's what it's really about. so stay as long as you can legally stay and you know bounce around and come back if 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 you're so allowed, depending on what type of trip you had zach i I want you to give the people and and leave them with you know outside of you creating these businesses, what is your why? And and what drives you? Because I know it's not the money. We were talking about money, but it, life is, is is bigger than that. What, what is the driving force when you're doing
0: business? I love that question. I mean, I, it's definitely not about the money for me. I mean, the money comes with um, success, but it's not the driving factor. For me, it's really about creating something out of nothing, solving a problem, um, kind of taking like an existing industry or an existing problem set within an industry and like being able to solve the puzzle and like literally create a solution that improves people's work and even improves their lives. I mean, we, we just get so many amazing pieces of feedback about like, you know, you literally give me back two hours in my day every day so that I can like do my job so that I can like, you know, think of better uh, creative campaigns or get new clients or just be less stressed or whatever. So that's, what's exciting for me is just like the enterprising spirit um, and having like making something from nothing i always get a thrill out of that
1: well you guys have been blessed with the game make sure you share it if you're watching you can like it you can love it but i thank you zach for coming on we're gonna go off there
0: thanks so much colin this was great (laughs) and